we're going to look at the Lord is shepherd. So, uh, Lord is shepherd. Yahweh Raha. Yes, nailed it. Um, Phonetically, it's Roy, but that's a super American pronunciation of that word. We're like, no, these, these people are Hebrew. They have the Raha. So Yahweh Raha. Oh, so good. He is our shepherd. Now, I don't know if any of you are shepherds or if any of you have ever met a shepherd. I have not. Uh, but it's not typical that people in the Madison area of Wisconsin are shepherds or have hundreds of sheep. So I had little to no information about what that looked like, so I did a ton of research. And actually, uh, yeah, and I want to tell you, I feel like to understand this name, Yahweh Raha, to understand it, we need to know what a shepherd does and about what, yeah, so I want to give you guys just kind of in a nutshell, what a shepherd does. So let's start uh, here. Sheep produce wool, milk, and meat. Sound good? Shepherds, their job, whether they're hired or whether they're self-employed, the work they, 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 they work to keep the sheep fed, intact, protected by pred- from predators, and to shave them at the appropriate time. Um, so if you have a hundred sheep, we could toss up that picture there. If you have like hundreds of sheep, feeding them is, is, is going to be a, a job in and all of, of itself. Because they'll just deplete an area that they're in. So you have to like move them around so that they don't just continue to eat like the dirt. It's like once the grass is gone, they're just going to keep going. And that's not going to be good for the sheep. So you got to get them to places where there are green pastures. <laughs> so if you then take your sheep up a mountain... And then you have to get them back down the mountain to where they are able to sleep. And so, like, if, if your view of sheep is, oh, they're peaceful and obedient, like, this is a great job, then you get, if you love hiking, like, shoot, go up there, pop up a chair, wait for, the, for them to eat, and then head back down the mountain and take your sheep with you. If you love sheep and hiking, like, that's a perfect job for you. But that's not the case. Sheep are not that easy to take care of. There is a man named W. Philip Keller, and he wrote this book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. Delightful read, and a lot of my understanding of sheep have come from this book. So, um, if you would like a walkthrough of like each phrase in Psalm 23, that's this guy, and he's delightful. But he says this, he says, sheep require more than any other class of livestock endless attention and meticulous care. So, now that we kind of have an overview of what shepherds do, we got to talk about sheep. So, actually, before we talk about sheep, I want to show you guys a video. You could start playing that video. It's not in English, so I could talk a little bit through here, but if you've seen this already, you're going to love it again because it's, oh, it never gets old for me. I've probably seen this so many times, but this kid he took off his belt and is attempting to help out this sheep. And uh, it's only a 40-second clip, but so good in giving you an idea of just sheep in general. Yes, get that sheep. Help it out. You got it. Just yank on its leg. Yes, success. And then not so much. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is sheep in a nutshell. Well, not in a nutshell. This is a sheep in a crack. It's, 
This is so, such a good segment of like, look, this is what sheep do. They're, this is why people are like, sheep are so stupid. Like, what is wrong with this sheep? The thing is, sheep are actually like, averagely intelligent for the size of their brain. So they're like, all right, well, but the problem is that they're afraid of everything. Like they have panic that they can't control. So the part of this is because they don't have a way to defend themselves. So this guy helps out a sheep and he, and the sheep goes and jumps and he's like, it's just afraid of this kid, even though he's trying to help him out. He's like, no, I got to run away from this guy and then get stuck again. Um, They don't have a way to defend themselves. So they have predators of all kinds. So depending on where you live in the world, these sheep live, you're going to have bears. You're going to have, what else? Uh, Shoot, where's my notes on this section? Uh, Bears, wild hogs. You're going to have ravens, large cats, and small dogs. Uh, Probably not a small dog, but probably like a medium to large size dog because, like, look, you got cougars and wolves and all sorts of different things there, but... One of the things is that sheep are easily tipped over. Like, you could go sheep tipping, that's not ideal. Like, don't do that because they'll die. Um, that's called a cast sheep. So if a sheep is cast, it, it, it rolled, it fell over, and it can't get back up. Typically because it's pregnant, its coat is too thick, or it's just plain out of shape and can't handle standing. Um, but if your sheep happens to roll over, the thing with sheep is they have four stomachs, which means one of those stomachs is going to produce a crazy ton of gas in a short amount of time, and it's going to cut off circulation and blood flow from like all parts of the body, including the heart eventually. And so if you ever see a sheep flipped over on its back, like you, you want to assist that sheep because it's going to die if it stays that way for too long. Uh, the list doesn't get any shorter. Like if a sheep gets wet, like they're going to drown. That wool is going to eat up that water and they're not going to be able to swim away. So there's also this thing called like flocking behavior, which means like they're, they're, if one of them does something, there's going to be a bunch of others that join. So if one of them gets scared by a rabbit that pops out of a bush, that, that sheep is going to run away in fear and there's going to be a slew of other sheep that come along and decide that guy's afraid of something. I got to get out of here. And they're going to follow blindly in fear. And they're probably all going to drown if they go into a river. It's not good for these sheep. There's actually four requirements for a sheep to actually find rest. For a sheep to actually lay down, there's four things that need to happen. And that is, they need to be free from all fear. They need to be free from friction with others of their kind. So if there's rivalries or competitiveness among the sheep, um, that's got to be settled. And they have to be free from fleas and parasites and pests. They also have to be free from hunger. So it takes a good deal for a sheep to actually be able to lie down and rest. See, Being a shepherd is no easy task. It is quite the undertaking. And so we we see, oh, let's get to John 10.10. We see that Jesus starts talking a bunch about sheep. He starts making this analogy. And it's found in John 10.10. If you've got Bibles and are fast enough to turn there before I do, join me with it. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen. So no worries. But John 10.10. We're going to start there and read a little bit. Let's listen to what Jesus has to say. We're going to start in the middle here, but 
Mm. Afterwards, feel free to read the whole thing. It's great. It says this in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is, hi- is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolves snatch them and scatter them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And we'll stop right there. It gets better, but we'll stop there for now. Jesus is the good shepherd. Look, from context clues, we know he's not talking about legit, like actual sheep. We know that from, it's this, this analogy is all throughout the Bible. I mean, we see it in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Revelation and Acts. It's all over the place, but he's, he's talking about you and me. He's talking about us being sheep. So based on that listing of things that make sheep high maintenance, like, this isn't a cutesy term that Jesus is using to, you know, to, uh, of, of endearment to, for his disciples. He's like, like, oh, you guys are all sheep, not a pastor, I'm the shepherd. And he's like, no, like, this is not like a, disciples would have been like, that's, that's rough, Jesus. What are you talking about? Um, but the thing is, he knows us. So he uses this analogy because it's such a beautiful analogy. There's so much depth to it and so much truth. He knows how stubborn some of us are. He knows how anxious we might be at certain times. He knows how fearful we are of the unknown and how easily we can fall back into the same old ways before we knew him. He knows our hearts. He knows how we act He knows us. He says it right there. I know my own and my own know me. So actually, there's a, there's a game we play on Wednesday nights sometimes, and we're going to play that today. We're going to do it right now. But it, uh, you can start scrolling through a few of those. So it's kind of like a truth or a false thing. So you get two options. Is it true or is it false? Yeah. So is it Job or Eeyore? Like, where did it come from? Where did this quote come from? Maybe it's Shakespeare or King James. So we're going to play a few. Um, let's look at the first one. This is from Lamentations or Taylor Swift. Who wrote it? This quote, all we are in skin and bone. All right. Well, was it Lamentations? Was it Jeremiah that wrote that? Or was it Taylor Swift? If you know the answer. Now, I'm not going to like have you guys raise hands or anything. You guys just, you know when you're wrong. So, <laughs> so at the end, I'll see if anybody got all of them right. But let's see if we're right in thinking we know. We know where this came from. So let's show the answer. What do we got here? Oh, that was Taylor Swift. That was not in the Bible. But let's, let's look at another one. Let's throw the next one up on stage. Um, <laughs> Gandalf the Grey or King Solomon. Who said it? Both probably wise. Solomon definitely, but Gandalf is a fictional character. So, But who said it first? It, or who said it? Even a fool is wise in his own eyes. All right. So plug in your answers. Decide. 
And then we're about to show you the answer. Let's see what the answer is. Proverbs 12, 15. Didn't know that. Didn't know that one. I was like, it could be Gandalf. He speaks like that. Shoot. I watched Lord of the Rings a few times. Now, let's do two more. This one's Shakespeare or King James. Where was it said? So poor hath hope, and iniquity stoppeth her mouth. Well, that's a tricky one for me. All right. Are people confident in their answer? You guys confident? You're like, I kind of know this one. Or maybe not so much. Decide. Let's find out the answer. Oh, that's from Job. That was a sad for you. <laughs> you didn't get that one right. <laughs> Let's do one more. Let's do one more. All right. Jeremiah or Justin Bieber, who said it? When will you stop running? Is that a lyric from one of Justin Bieber's songs? Or was it just, yeah, an anxious cry from Jeremiah? We're about to find out. So lock in your answers. Here we go. What's the answer? Jeremiah. We got one winner. <laughs> Did anybody get all four? And they were like, nailed it. Oh, man. Yes, one person, two people. Yes, this was difficult for me. I did not get all four when I did this first. Um, but this is the thing. Like, do we know the words of God? Do we know his voice? See, I've never heard an audible voice from God, but I know when he's speaking to me. Now, it could look different in your life. It looks different in a lot of people's life. I know people that see images. When they're praying, they start to see things in their mind, and they're like, oh, this is, this is how God speaks to me. Some people dream dreams. Some people actually hear an audible voice from God, and I say, praise the Lord. That's awesome. For me, it's very much like I, a thought comes into my mind, and if I, it's God when I know it's going to glorify God, but I really don't want to do it. <laughs> that's, that's a time where I'm like, that's from God. Shoot. Um, the other is that, that could not have originated from myself. I would not have that thought, so that's got to be God. Let me go to the word and make sure that it's in line with his, what he said. Bill Johnson said this. He said, sometimes... He doesn't need to speak if he's already spoken. I need him to speak when he's saying something new, but if he hasn't changed the subject, I just need to review what he said. Look, God has given us 66 books, <laughs> saturated with his character, with his story throughout time, and with instructions on like how to live in tune with how he's created things to work. Like he created things to work so that when we are serving others, it's like that's, that's, that's fulfilling. There's a joy in that. Yeah, God decided that that was going to happen in that way. So when we're all about ourselves and self-centered about our woes, our issues, our satisfaction, it's like it doesn't really end with joy. It may have some happiness attached to it, but that's fleeting, So, are we in tune with his movement? Do we know his voice? Do we know our shepherd? See, uh, this Yahweh Raha was first used by David. See, David knew what he was talking about. David, um, you know, oh, we should just read it. Yeah. It, it was in a Psalm 26. We'll get to that in a bit. But... Psalm 26 says, it starts off with, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> and David knew what was up. So we're actually going to read 1 Samuel 
Let me get there. A little bit of background story on this passage. First Samuel chapter 17. Goliath is destroying stuff. <laughs> he is uh, causing fear into the people of Israel. And David is like, no, 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 no. Saul, I'm going to go fight him. I don't need your armor, Saul. And so this is what David says to Saul. It's found right here in First uh, Samuel 17, 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. (laughs) David is a boss. And I was like, I, I love looking at images of like what artists have come up with for these types of stories. And so I scoured the internet for like a few minutes and I, I found these pictures. And these pictures don't capture what it looks like to destroy a lion with your hands. It just doesn't scream that to me. So I looked harder and I was like, I'm going to find something here. Uh, and this is what I found. I found this dude, <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is a David that I, oh, he's got muscles on top of some muscles and more muscles in his forearms there that I'm just like, this is a beast of a dude, and he's about to slay that lion, or he thinks he is, he's confident, but David didn't have an axe, so let's erase that axe, and uh, that's my, that's, look at this, like with no weapon, he's just like, look, I'm taking you on, you know why? Because I know my God, <laughs> And I, he's not going to fail me. And that's the sheep that I have. And he's like, look, look this isn't going to hinder me. I'm going to take on this lion. And I'm like, this is a picture worthy of being that moment in history where David destroyed a lion. So David was willing to risk everything for a single sheep. So when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Like it's like it's pretty it's pretty braggadocious. He's he's bragging about his God to anyone that is hearing it. He's like, look, you guys could check out my shepherd. Like, yeah, he's the Almighty. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He was the one whose words alone were strong enough to take what wasn't into what was. He decided that things were going to just come into existence with no matter, no other things to create it. He's like, his words were that strong. He was the one that spit miracles in Pharaoh's face when he said, let my people go to Moses. And so he's the one that struck fear into those that live behind the walls of Jericho. That's my king. That's my God. He's my master. He's my shepherd. And I shall not want. See, David rejoices in the depth of this analogy. He rejoices in it so much he wrote a poem called Psalm 23. And he did it without even knowing about the cross. 
John 10 says, I lay down my life for my sheep. See, the big point here, the big thing about Yahweh Raha is that he is interested in the individual, not just the entire group. And nothing is too grand of a gesture for him. His love is lavish, his compassion is great, his mercy is bold, and his blood is sufficient. <laughs> See, we talked about this a little bit last week. Look, we've, he's, he's already laid down his life for us. We have forgiveness through his blood. We have right standing before him. So are we willing to be called his sheep? Will we rejoice knowing that Christ is our shepherd? Even in the valley of the shadow of death, it's almost as if David is saying, look, absolutely I'm not scared of the shadow of death because my God is about to do something fierce to evil down there and I get to witness it. So it's like no matter where we go, my shepherd's got my back. So I'm going to have the musicians come up. They're going to play a song. And as, as they're coming up and getting prepared to just to, to bring some praise to our God, I want to read for you guys Psalm 23. And uh, it is <laughs> it's so rich. Let me get there. Psalm 23. Let's, let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's take some time, praise our God, and allow him to make it clear if we are actually allowing him to be master, to be shepherd, to be our manager of our lives and the trajectory therein. Let's praise him.